Welcome to another episode of the Father Ted Talk, broadcast here at the National Shrine of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Emmitsburg, Maryland. Now here's Father Ted. At first glance, our liturgy today seems inconsistent or incongruent. We have two very starkly contrasting themes present in today's celebration. We see at the beginning of the liturgy glorious, triumphant entrance of our Lord into his capital city of Jerusalem. It's marked by the people exclaiming him as the Messiah, as the Savior, as the Chosen One. They are also attributing to him royal and messianic titles. The whole city comes out to meet him. It's as if he had succeeded, he finally had accomplished. Everybody finally appreciates he's the Messiah, he's the One and they want to celebrate, they want to praise him, they want to be close to him. But then we come to the gospel, we come into the basilica, and we hear this account of our Lord's passion, death, and resurrection. The tone is drastically altered. We hear about how he's betrayed by one of his closest friends, and then he is mocked and ridiculed by soldiers and Herod. Pilate unjustly condemns him. He's tortured by the Romans, and he finally dies by suffocation on a cross after feeling abandoned by his father. So we go from the pinnacle of glory to the depths of anguish all within the course of a half hour. And what's the purpose of this? Is this something where the church puts the two of these together because they happened chronologically one after the other? Is it simply we had to put the passion narrative in some Sunday? I don't think that any of us would imagine it's just a coincidence that we have these two starkly contrasting themes in the same mass. But rather, the church in its wisdom puts the both of these together to teach us a lesson. Namely, that if we expect to come to the glory of heaven, we must first go through the pain of the cross. Jesus was hailed as a conquering hero as he walked into Jerusalem, but he knew that was just passing superficial fanfare. He would have to go to the cross if he was going to experience the real glory, the real triumph of the resurrection. So the glory was real and it would come, but only after the cross, not before it. And the same is true in our lives. We can't just hope to triumphantly march into Jerusalem and enjoy the consolation of being a follower of Christ the King if we do not yet first follow him on the way of the cross. The devil knows that, and so the devil is going to try and tempt us away from the cross. He's trying to show us alternative ways of being holy, of being saved, of doing your, doing your duty. But there is no other way to heaven and there is no other way to definitive peace in this world without the cross. If there was, Jesus would have walked it and he would have taught it. But he didn't do either of those. Instead, he said, if you would be my disciple, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. St. Paul told the Romans, if we have died with Christ, then we will live with him. And notice the order there. If we die with him, then we will live with him, because the, the death must precede the life. The old man must die before the new man can come to life. What is sin and death must be executed along the way of the cross before what is heavenly and divine can come to life in us 
in the resurrection. This is a theme that often comes up in spirituality. Spirituality. St. Ignatius of Loyola, for example, the founder of the Jesuits, he has a meditation called The Call of the King. And he presents in this meditation the image of Christ sitting upon this throne outside the city of Jerusalem. And he's calling the whole human race to himself. He's looking for followers. He's looking for people that will fight under his banner. And he wants to conquer the world for his father. But he lays out the conditions. It's like a contract, if you will, with Christ. He says that if you are going to follow me, you must eat what I eat, dress the same way I dress, work as I work, and then you will come to share the prize, the rewards, the booty of conquest. And it can seem a little bit intimidating at first to work as Christ works, suffer as Christ suffers, but just think about how extravagant of an offer that is. Like if you were to come to a company and be offered by the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, even more so, that so long as you, a new employee, put in the same number of hours as me, the CEO, you'll get the same pay, however million dollars a year that is. Like that's ridiculous. Nobody would ever expect that. That's an extravagant offer. All I have to do is work as much as the CEO and I'm going to get paid as much as him? But in an, in an analogous sense, that's what Christ is offering us. If we work as he works, suffers as he suffers, eat what he eats, in the analogy, we will receive the prize that he won and he enjoyed. Death, suffering, labors, Calvary, the cross, those are all pretty intimidating concepts. But when we have the eyes of faith, we can look at them in a new light. Because with faith, we can see that what Christ is asking us to do, the, the way of the cross we need to walk, it's not just something miserable you got to endure, something you got pushed through, something that's just like, okay, pie in the sky. Rather, with faith, these trials can become as valuable as gold. Suffering patient, accepting whatever is troublesome and hard in our lives because it's what God is allowing to take place in this moment, having that docility under the hand of God, it will turn our crosses into ladders by which we can climb into heaven. Someone who knew a great deal about suffering was St. John Paul the Great. He lost his grandparents, his siblings, his mother, and his father by the time he was 20 years old. His homeland was occupied by two successive regimes, the Nazis and then the Communists, for decades. He lost many of his friends to these regimes. When he was a young man, he was hit by a cargo truck in the streets as he was walking along. He, had, he broke his femur as well. He had a tumor the size of a tennis ball removed from his colon. He was stabbed by a bayonet and shot twice. And we all know how much he suffered from Parkinson's the last 10 years of his life. And so he speaks from experience when he wrote on the subject saying, your sufferings, and suffering is anything, physical, emotional, financial, fear, suffering, any sort of bad thing you don't like going through, suffering, your sufferings, accepted and born with unshakable faith when joined to those of Christ, take on extraordinary value for the life of the church and the good of humanity. 
they become precious treasures when we accept them with faith. Not just for us, not just, okay, I'm going to become holy if I go through this. It's for the sake of the church. It's for the good of the world. Because the world is not built up by having a lot of money in the bank or having money in the coffers. Like people talk about how all the dioceses are bankrupt now. The, the church started with nothing. And it did a really good job of becoming something. Of bringing people to Christ. Finances don't save souls. Suffering, the cross, grace, those save souls. And every single one of us has something difficult in this life. That's a universal attribute of human existence. We've all got something troublesome, something hard. Whether it just be, how can I keep on looking after my family? How can I get out of bed and go to work in the morning? Or something physical. Or what am I going to do in five years? The fear. All of us can build up the body of Christ when we embrace those crosses with unshakable faith and unite them to the cross of Christ. A priest one time came up to John Paul II with a broken leg and he asked for the Holy Father to bless it. And in one story it says that John Paul II gently slapped him on the face and then looked him right in the eye and said, don't waste it. And that's something which he says to us today. Don't waste your sufferings. Don't waste your crosses. Because when we accept them, they become the ladder to heaven. They become the greatest way of building up the church that we have at our disposition. By God's grace and the Virgin Mary's prayers, we can accept and offer up our pains and trials. And by willingly following him to Calvary like that, we will follow him also to glory. <laughs>